Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm both grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter that I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and some practical action steps into your inbox. To sign up, you can simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here button, and then sign up for the newsletter there. Speaking of joy, I am thrilled that our first guest in August is all about bringing joy into our everyday moments in life. Let me introduce you to Dawn Barton. A multi-billion dollar direct sales company put Dawn on their Times Square billboard in the summer of 2018. In Dawn's 30 years of sales and marketing, she's been a top producer at every company she's worked for. Most recently, she was the number seven sales director in Mary Kay when she took a leap of faith and she left it all to write her first book, Laughing Through the Ugly Cry. Dawn has been a public speaker for more than 10 years, giving talks about cancer, joy, female empowerment, and direct sales. When she's not encouraging other women to find joy and humor in even the most difficult of circumstances, you can find her living happily ever after in Florida with her husband, daughter, parents, mother-in-law, two horses, four dogs, and three cats. You guys are going to love Dawn, so let's jump right into that conversation. Well, hello, Dawn, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Rachel. I'm excited to be here. Okay, I loved whenever I was reading your bio, and they call it, they refer to you as the joyologist. Is this correct? It is. And I would love to tell you that I'm some like marketing genius and came up with that. But the reality was that I was completely panicked. I felt this God calling to write this book. And I was telling one of my best friends, I just want to stand on the top of mountains and really talk about God and joy. And what kind of job is that? And she goes, you're a joyologist. And so that's how it came about. Okay, well, I feel like you should start a community of joyologists because my middle name's Joy, and I actually for I call my um my email subscribers I call it Joy Mail, you know, as opposed to junk mail. <laughs> so, um, I I yeah, so I'm like oh, I love that when I saw your joyologist, I was like that's she's my she's my girl. I, I love this, so I wanted to get you on here before we start jumping into this topic of joy and your book that's coming out. One thing I love to ask my guests is what's something random about you we wouldn't have read in your professional bio? Oh, goodness. You know, I can sew. Nobody knows that. Like you're the first person literally on any podcast I've told that to. <laughs> uh, I'm creative. I can sew and I am a good graphic designer. Most wow. people don't know that. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> my daughter, I, I can't sew. I she my my daughter is 13. My oldest daughter is. She can sew all kinds of things. Like she's she said us mass during this pandemic. She showed me actually I have a scrunchie in my hair right now that she made me. But it's kind of a running joke in our household. My husband, if he has a button that comes off or something, he's like, Ellie, can you sew this for me? I'm like, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm failing as a wife, but at least my daughter can sew, not because of me, but because because I have, I have my mom and um, my mother-in-law, they both sew. So anyway, yeah, that's a fun fact. I love that. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's a dying art. It so is. I'm glad it it yeah. is. That's why it makes me really happy. I'm like, yes, let's keep this going. That's so cool. Uh, okay. So we're going to talk today about your new book that's coming out this month, correct? It comes out on May 26th. Yes, I'm really excited. 
Yay, that's exciting. Two days before my husband and I's 15th wedding anniversary. So that's cool. Um, Okay, so your book is called Laughing Through the Ugly Cry and Finding Unstoppable Joy. Let's talk talk about that. Where'd this book come from? Where'd this idea of the book come from? Oh, God. And you know, sometimes when you say things like that, you just sound a little bit cray cray, but it truly, I was somebody that had a dream, woke up in the middle of the night, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. And just felt his prompting to leave the a successful career that I was in and to take a giant leap of faith to write a book. And I wasn't somebody that I wasn't a writer. I wasn't a journaler. I wasn't, I'm ashamed to say I'm not, I'm not even a reader. And uh, so I was just thinking, you're probably at the wrong house. You need the girl next door. You know, she'll do that. But I had quite a story to tell. It's a collection of essays from throughout my life, but there's some really funny stories, but also some heartfelt stories I have in my life. I have lost a child. I have been raped and it went to a full jury trial, stage three, triple negative breast cancer. My husband is five years sober from alcoholism and my mother had a brain aneurysm that burst and my sister passed away away from cancer. So I have, I I think if you look at my life, these, these tsunamis of painful, tragic things, but through it is where I found just this uh, joy beyond anything else where I found my relationship with the Lord. It's just been the most incredible, beautiful journey. Okay. That is just amazing to hear that you've walked through all of those things. Cause none of those are light. Some people, you know, walking through even just one of those things, it would just absolutely sideline them, you know? So I'm curious, you've mentioned this word joy. How do you define the word joy? Joy is God. God is joy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, that is the most simplistic mm-hmm. form. I, I just, the most precious joy that I see in, in humans. It's, I, I don't, I haven't met anyone that that wasn't rooted in faith. Yeah. You know, that, that happiness is different than joy. Mm. You know, do I think that you, once you find joy, then you achieve true happiness, but I don't know that you can have true happiness without joy. Mm, that's so good. And that's so true. Cause you're, you're absolutely right. There are some people. And in fact, oftentimes I've seen that because obviously joy is one of the fruits of the spirit of God. And Oftentimes I can tell somebody without them even telling me I'm a Christian. I'm like, I know you are like, I see it in you. I see the joy. That's just, yeah, it's just overflowing. And, you know, it kind of spills out and you're like, huh, what that's what attracts people in my mind to God is when we are, we have that joy that's contagious and then they go, what are you on? Like, I want a piece of whatever you're taking. Give me, hand it over. (laughs) And so I, I love that. It's so good. I love it too. Yeah. And I think it radiates. from. It's that light. It's the light that radiates from people, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so in your book, you actually write about how pain and joy are actually intertwined. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, for me, I didn't come to know joy standing on the mountaintops, you know, yelling about joy without having the down in the depths pain because it was down in the depths of pain, sadness, and and that thing you don't think you'll ever come out of. You just don't think there will be another tomorrow that that just excruciating pain. But that's also where I feel like you're in the, the closest to God. That's when, you know, he, I think he cries for you to reach out to him. And when you do, you feel it. He takes it. It is, it is something that is often hard to put into words. I hope that I did capture it in in words, but it is, it was through the depths of pain that I came to know him better. Therefore I came to know joy more when I experienced it. Yeah. So did you know God before you walked through some of these hard, these, those hardships that you mentioned in the beginning? 
So I was raised, I call it Catholic light. So we, we were, I grew up all over the world. In some places we went to church, some places we didn't. So I believed in God and I knew that there was a God, you know, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, because we did the sign of the cross. And that, that's all that I knew. I knew there were three things and that was kind of it. I didn't know that there was a deep, profound relationship. And that came when I lost my child in my early 20s. I flat out broke up with the Lord and just said, I'm, I'm out. Anybody who takes babies away from mommies, I, I don't want to love that, that God. And, and I broke, I broke up with him. He didn't break up with me. I broke up with him. Mm. And it was a beautiful journey for about the next 10 years of the, I like to think of it as a sweet courtship in a way. It was just this trickled trail of, I love you. I love you. I love you. Come closer, come closer. And then when I finally in my thirties, you know, gave myself completely, totally and utterly, it was life-changing. Okay. I love that you said you broke, I, I don't, I don't want to say I love it, but I just want to focus on this for a second that yeah. you broke up with God he didn't break up with you. So I think about that, you know, when we break up with somebody, he, instead of saying, well, forget you, then I'm moving on to the next girl. He kept pursuing you, right? What did that yeah. look like? What did that look like? Because I just really sense in my spirit that there's some people listening today that kind of maybe feel that way a little bit about God. Like I've broken up with him. I, but just the, the pursuit of him, what did that look like for you? I guess. Well, for me, it was a little trickling. It was people that were put in my life that had very strong faiths. It was people who were inviting me to different kind of church things. It was people putting me in the presence of him. And sometimes straight up honesty, I was comfortable with it. And sometimes I wasn't. I wasn't far enough along in my faith journey that I was super comfortable with. I felt like in less than because I couldn't quote scripture. Or I didn't have this great knowledge of the Bible. So it ended up sort of pushing me away sometimes because I felt less worthy these are my problems, not his for sure, you know, and, but he always sort of worked with me step by step, trickle by trickle, just these, I think of it as little sweet breadcrumbs and they just filled my cup, filled my cup, filled my cup until I just, there was a point of no going back because you know him so well and you love him so deeply that you never ever want to be without that again. Yeah. That really encourages me because, you know, I think sometimes we can possibly get a little discouraged if we feel like, God put somebody on our heart to reach out to or encourage, or like you said, invite them to something. And we're not always the ones who gets to see that person come back to the Lord, but we were one of the people right. who along the way he used to let them know, hey, I see you. Like, I haven't forgotten about you. Yes, I know you broke up with me, but I'm going to be the stalker boyfriend who <laughs> who who keeps yeah. coming back around and keeps, who keeps calling, who keeps, you know, saying, we're not done yet. This isn't over yet. I, I recently heard, well, not recently, I a mentor of mine years ago actually told me that, that God's like the hound dog or the Holy Spirit's the hound dog of heaven, meaning he's like constantly just coming yeah, back and like yeah. going out and finding the ones who, you know, straight away and pulling them back and, and tugging at our heartstrings. So this is encouraging to me because on this podcast, I always pray of, of, just asking the Lord, bring the people on the show that need to be on the show, right? And so I felt strongly that you were supposed to be. So I even just feel like as we're talking today, there are some of you listening who this is the Lord saying, I see you, I see you. Like you weren't even going to press play today or you weren't even going to, this book wasn't even on your radar to purchase. And now this is the Lord saying, I see you and I want to have an intimate relationship with you, not out of a place of religion, but out of relationship. And it's it's your your joy, Dawn, is just contagious. So I am I'm very encouraged today. <laughs> All right, of course, you said that. I actually have tears in my eyes right now because I remember. Oh gosh, I remember what it felt like to to be that lost 
and to have friends reach out enough and care enough. So I hope that if you're on the other end of this and you're kind of in that place, don't let it freak you out. <laughs> just come a little bit more and just uh, open up your heart and just look around you and see the goodness in people. And that's where it had to start for me. Yeah. And, you know, you guys can't see video, but Don and I, we can see each other's faces. And she looks beautiful, by the way. She has a hot pink top on, which pink is like <laughs> my color. So I love pink. But also behind you, and I wanted to just talk about this for a second. You have the word peace on your bookshelf. And as you were talking, I felt like joy and peace, they also... They're, they're, they're buddies, you know, like they come together. So do you want to talk a little bit about that too? I mean, how the Lord brought peace into those situations that you've walked through? Oh gosh, I would love to tell you these eloquent one-liner things, but the peace, (laughs) I, I I feel like uh, the, the unruly student, right? That he just is forever looking back going, oh, come on, Dawn, come on, because I, I think our human nature is to so often fight the guidance, right? Like, come on, come on, trust me, trust me, trust me. And when we do trust him, there's such peace. And one of a great example is taking a leap of faith, leaving a company where I was doing so well and leaving it all to become a party of one, write a book. And I literally started with how do you write a book to Googling how do you write a book? And I just felt him saying, if you will trust me, and I would get so worked up into the details of how everything was going to play out. And he... I know he was just like, trust me, I didn't bring you this far to bring you this far, right? To only bring you this far. Trust me, trust me. And when I will trust, there is such peace and then comes some joy. But when I fight trying to figure it out all on my own, it never works and there isn't peace. So I just want to say that I am I am a constant work in progress when it comes to peace. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and my husband and I, our big thing in our household is follow the peace, follow the peace. Like when we're making decisions, you know, and you can always tell when you've made a decision that probably wasn't the best decision because there's no peace around it, you know, or when I love, you know, you've mentioned this about how the Lord called you to step away from a very successful career and write a book. Can you talk about that? You know, I know not everybody listening feels called to write a book, but I know everybody listening has had God say, hey, this thing is done. It's time to move on to the next thing. And we want to resist it sometimes, you know, it might be a relationship. It could be a career. It could be all the, you know, all these things. Can you talk about that a little bit? When this sort of all happened, there was a great story. And the three, three friends sent me a link for a YouTube video of Stephen Furtick interviewing T.D. Jakes about a book. And it was like an hour and 40 minutes. And I was like, friends, not going to happen. Not watching an hour and 40 minute YouTube video. Just not going to happen. And then the fourth friend was somebody I trust just deeply. And I said, why are you sending this to me? Am I naked in this video or something? Why are people sending this video to me so much? And she said, I feel God just pushing me so hard to get you to watch this. And so I watched it that day. And the only thing I can tell you that I took from that was sometimes the thing you think you were created to do for the rest of your life is what you needed to do for the next season of your life. Mm. And when I heard that, I knew something was coming. And that night is when I had the dream when God said, you're going to write a book. Wow. Okay. That line you just said that sometimes, how did you say that? Sometimes the thing that you think sometimes the think created to do the rest of your life. Cause I thought I would be in my job forever. I loved it. But sometimes the thing you think you were created to do for the rest of your life is simply what you needed to do to do the next phase, the next season of your life, the next part of your life. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, this is so good. This this message, by the way, is a recurring theme that God has been bringing in front of me. So I feel like you're you're tapping me on the shoulder. Also, like how they were with the you know getting you to watch the video of just that not hanging on to what we do so much as we as we are. Okay, Lord, where do you want to use the gifts that you've planted within me for this next season? And being more open to holding that a little bit more loosely, <laughs> and it probably mm-hmm, rare, right. rarely is going to look how we think it will, but it's always his best plans. I just, I love that so much. And he did every step of the way that went for these next, it was two years ago, two and a half years ago that it happened. And he has gone before me. I actually would close my eyes when I was struggling and imagine his fingers intertwined into mine and that he was one step ahead of me. So he was holding my hand, but we were walking together. He went one step ahead of me. And then say, for instance, the next thing was getting a literary agent. He would I just had this visual. He'd look at me and say, hold on one second. He'd walk through their door, go talk to them, come back out and say, okay, let's keep walking. That he just went ahead of me on every single step and worked within their hearts just as much as he was working in mine. And that was hard to let go of that control and just let it, let it go and, and listen. Yeah, that's so good. How about, what would you say about the behind the scenes of, so the Lord was speaking to you on this topic, but of course you're married, right? And so mm-hmm. what does yes. that look like, you know, you know, as a family deciding, okay, yeah, we're all on board with this big change that's going to happen. Oh, well, when the, when God is working in you so profoundly, he's also working in the people around you. Mm-hmm. So when I did go to talk to my husband, he was just like, okay. Oh, wow. And, and it was one of the strangest conversations that he was just so completely at peace about it. And I was in turmoil and such anguish over making this decision. And he was completely, Okay. Yeah. 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 It's great. I love that. And, you know, I love that before we hit record, I was telling you that a good mentor of mine has told me something that stuck with me, that success is obedience. And I feel like sometimes also, and you tell me if you agree with this or not, but sometimes I feel like God is also just testing where our heart lies. Cause sometimes I don't know about you, but I can make an idol out of certain things that he's called me to do. And especially if you're successful in that area, so, Don, what would you say has been your experience in that whenever the Lord asks us to lay something down that really is something meaningful, meaningful to us, especially that, you know, in your case, you're very successful in, do you feel like oftentimes he'll ask us to lay it down, just also testing our heart, kind of testing where our obedience to him, and then as we lay it down, then op- other doors open? Well, I, I don't think he's ever surprised because, you know, I always go back to you made me the way I am, right? I, I, so I don't think I necessarily surprise him. <laughs> I, I hope that I follow his calling, but I was so resistant. And, and here's, uh, it took me a few months actually to even decide after I knew in my heart, he was saying, take a leap of faith. And I had the decision I was going to stay in the company I was in, and I was going to write a book, even knowing deep down that he was saying, leave. So I had just made that decision. I actually sent a text message to to a person I worked with and said, I'm going to figure it out. I figure out how to do both. And I walked into this room and right as I walked in, I heard this lady speaking and she said this story. She said, so the little girl was with her mom and they went into the grocery store and she saw these little pearls that she wanted. The little girl loved them. And her mom said, you can get them. You can do some chores, work them off. You can get the pearls where she wore them nonstop nonstop to where they're just getting nasty. You know, they're green and just, she wore them all the time. And in the evenings, her dad would put her to bed. And one night he came in, he was putting her to bed and he said, do you love me? And she said, well, yes, daddy, I love you. And he said, will you give me your pearls? And she said, oh no, daddy. Oh no, you you can have my books, daddy, but not, no, not my pearls. 
And the next night he comes in, same thing. Do you love me? Yes, daddy, I love you. He said, will you give me your pearls? Oh, no, daddy, you can have my Susie doll, but no, daddy, not my pearls. And then the third night he walks in and she was crying and she had her pearls in her hand handed to him and he handed her back real pearls. And I knew when I heard that story that God was saying, if you will let go, I have something better for you. You just can't see it, but you have to trust me. And that was the moment of of, uh, taking a great big leap of faith. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Okay, so the next thing I want to just off that topic ask you about is that, and you mentioned this earlier too, that you write and you also say that God and joy are the same thing. Can you elaborate on that and explain what you mean by that? I can tell you from my perspective, I don't know how you have joy without God. So when I was really just writing and thinking through things and thinking about this joy thing, because I I knew I'd be asked about it so much and you take it down to its simplistic form. For me, I don't know how to be joyful without God. And I don't know how you can have God and not have some joy in you. I think that there is a pivot point of a choice. For instance, when we are going through sad, horrible times, we are not feeling particularly joyful, but there is a moment and a choice where we do have to make those. For me, it was like, Dawn, get up, take a shower, make a choice today, like get up when we are going through. And there are seasons of debilitating depression and all of that where there doesn't feel like there's joy, but I promise you. It is there to be had if you will make the choice. I love the saying, God can move mountains, but don't be surprised when he throws you the shovel. And I feel like when he, it's up to us to choose joy, to choose all that he has for us, but it has to be a conscious decision, just like choosing God. Yeah. And you, you mentioned it right there about when you're going through depression. I'm curious if you have any encouragement for any listeners who finds herself in the midst of like devastation, grief, depression, any, I mean, you've walked through quite a few of those things yourself. Do you have any encouragement for them? Well, my first thing is anytime I, you just hearing that, I always just want to visualize just giving her a hug because I feel you. I know where you are. I know how sad, lonely, and how nobody, it feels like nobody around you understands where you are, just the the depths of where you are. But I promise if you will just take one little step, and sometimes it is Somebody is in a season where they need to see a doctor. Somebody is in a season where they just need to get up and take a shower. But when you will make to take those little steps, he will be walking with you every single, you know, step of it. But just in, whether it be a, just a mental step, just one little step towards, you know, just a feeling a little bit better. But I also also want to be very conscious of saying there is a season where we are mourning and we are grieving and we are in sadness and that is completely okay. I don't want, there was no way I was feeling joyful or ready to feel joyful in the deaths of grieving the loss of my child. I just, I just wasn't. And it took time and it took therapy and it it just took step by step of, of going through those kind of sad seasons of life. Yeah. You know, I love that one of the things that I saw that you wrote that you talk about two of the life's greatest gifts are belly laughs and ugly cries. And I do want you to expand on this for a second. But what you just mentioned was really, really powerful because I'm studying to be a marriage and family therapist. And one thing that I have seen so far in my studies is that people are very afraid of emotions because we've been given a lot of mixed Mm. signals on mixed teachings, mixed signals. In fact, I'm going to do a summer series on this because I just I feel so strongly on my heart 
that, you know, I love that you say an ugly cry is a great gift because I honestly think when I'm looking at you and I'm, I'm reading all the, like I said, you know, some of the things that you've walked through are heavier things than some people will ever experience in their lifetime. Like I said, even one of the things and I think your ability to grieve well is actually a man, then joy is the manifestation of that. Because if we won't allow ourselves to feel the pain and grieve it and do the ugly cry, why then do we think we'll allow ourselves to feel the positive emotions? You know, um, I, sometimes people miss that, that if we can't feel, you know, emotions are emotions, you know, some feel heavier, some feel lighter. But um, I, I tell me if you, if that resonates with you or not about that, you've just, you've, you've grieved really well and it's, it's enabled you to process some of that pain really well. Right. And I don't think it's just a one shot deal. Like, Oh, look at you last, you know, that last week you grieved so well, you are so good to go now. Yes. I think that when we feel that building up, I I don't know about you, but if I start feeling things building up and it can be stress, you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a things that are just going on in life and you go and you have a straight up ugly cry. Do you ever notice that you feel just completely good? I mean, I feel so much better after I don't look better, but I feel (laughs) so much better after releasing that. And feeling that and being in that. And yeah, I think that then we recognize when we recognize that how deeply we can hurt, we also recognize how beautifully joyful we can, you can feel. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I agree. The ugly cry, my eyes are puffy and I'm dehydrated, <laughs> and, but then you feel amazing. You're like, okay, this is awesome. It's just therapy. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you still have any grief or anything that rises up in you even now from some of the things that you've walked through? Right now, my, the loss of my sister, which is the most recent of things, that one, that one, I still, I still feel I'll probably have a good cry once every six weeks or so about that. But the other things, you know, I lost my daughter 30 years ago, 20 years ago. So I mean, gosh, I'm getting old. <laughs> I, you know, that, that was a long time ago. So the feeling is different. What, when I think of her now, it's just a sweet, preciousness, you know, whereas before it was just this aching heart that you just don't believe can ever go away. And now it's just a sweetness of just till we get to, till I get to see you again, you know, but, but as far as the, am I experiencing grief? It would be, I just recently lost during COVID, I lost my uncle and he passed away from a massive heart attack. And, and so that one, and then my sister, we, uh, those are fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the only reason I ask that question is because I think sometimes people want to put grief on a timeline. And I have heard that, you know, usually it looks different for everybody, you know, on um, there's no such thing as saying, oh, you know, six weeks and you're good. You know, like you mentioned earlier, it's not a one and done thing all the time. So. No, and it's not like you go through five stages of grief, as they used to talk about, like you do one on Monday, one on Tuesday. I think we can go through them you go through all these stages of grief within a one hour period. And then we could do it again in three days. And it's all over the place. It's when you least expect it. It's when you're trying to have a professional podcast call and you start to cry thinking about the moments, you know, it's, it's, it still is so fresh and raw sometimes. And sometimes it just isn't. I think that's just because we're human and that's how we're made. And we have a heart and we have, you know, we just, we love. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so as we wrap up our conversation, you've mentioned that you wish that you'd had this book 15 years ago. So tell tell me why that is and how you hope it'll help others searching for joy. Well, as I was going through that faith journey and uh, learning a little bit more, I 
I felt like everything was very black or white. I was either hitting things that were so strong in the Christian, you know, that the so strong in the biblical teachings that it was scaring me. And I wanted to write something that somebody who either did not know who God was or was in the beginning of a faith journey, this would be one of those things that invited them into go a little bit deeper. And I hope that it is. I hope that it's something that makes people laugh. I hope that it humanizes our faith, you know, so that you don't. Sometimes I think it can be daunting to a new believer because I I was there. I was somebody who didn't think I was good enough or worthy because I couldn't, I didn't know the Bible up one side and down the other. Yeah. So where can people pick up this book, Laughing Through the Ugly Cry and Finding Unstoppable Joy? Oh, thank you for asking. You can find it just pretty much everywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, local gift stores, bookstores, just about everywhere. So thank you for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. And where can people connect with you online? Yeah, DawnBarton.com or on Instagram, it's Don R. Barton. And Facebook, it's also Don R. Barton. So connect with me. I'd love to love to visit with you. That's awesome. And is there any final words of encouragement or words of joy that you would like to speak over the listeners today before we hop off here? Oh, the, th- the thing that just came through my mind right now is just the word magnificent, that you are so magnificent. I wish that you could see yourself the way that he sees you and just whatever you're feeling, any sadness that you're feeling, that just I promise you joy is there to be had in the craziest, in the most uninviting places. It is there to be had. You just have to take a couple of steps towards it. But don't forget, you truly are magnificent. Well, I received that today myself. So thank you. And I know the listeners are going to be so blessed by this conversation. Dawn, thank you again for taking time to come on the show. And I'm just excited for everybody to listen and also get their hands on a copy of your book. Thank you so much, Rachel. I had a great time visiting with you. Thanks for stirring my soul a little bit. Didn't you love Dawn? Be sure to grab a copy of her book, Laughing Through the Ugly Cry, and connect with her via the links in today's show notes. Don't forget to sign up for Joymail, a monthly newsletter sure to bring some extra joy to your inbox. To be on that list, you can simply text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone, or you can sign up directly on my website at rachelgilbert.com. All right, friends, that's all that we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.